Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday Morning Podcast. Today's message is Consider the Source by Lead Pastor Rex Johnson. I'm going to talk today about Consider the Source. I'm going to preach just a little standalone thought to you today. Consider the Source. Um, the phrase is normally used negatively. Uh, it's, 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 it's negated more than it is positive in our life. Uh, like when you as a kid, somebody would run up to you, you know, even if they're teasing, it would still hurt. They said, your mama's ugly, she dresses you ugly. You know, stuff like that. And uh, they'd walk up to you and say, you're a little sissy, you're a little sissy, and you want to run, just crush them. But your daddy and mama taught you not to fight, but you got one lick in before you remembered that. And so you go home and you tell your mama you're crying, you're a kid, you're crying. You say, mama, they, they made fun of you today and made fun of me and said, you dress me ugly. And she said, don't worry about that boy, just consider the source. She used to say, she used to say that boy doesn't have enough sense to get in out of the rain. That's what she used to say. Daddy, I don't want to quote what he said, but he was saved and went to heaven. However, in this message today, we're going to consider the source. We're going to talk about the source as being God Almighty because he is the source. Primarily, preeminently, first and foremost, he is the source. The Bible said in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning, God. That kind of is how it all starts. I don't know what a better way to start. Thank you, Moses, for writing the the Pentateuch that way and starting it that way because it was a beginning that God had. And God stated to us by that very being right there, subtly and strongly, that he can finish what he started. The Bible gives us play by play. God spoke it. Everybody say he spoke it. And it was. If you want to read something powerful, read the first six creative days. It was unbelievable. The speaking, the, the mind of God, and how he spoke things into existence. Only God could do that. So let's just follow these three verses and watch God doing his thing. He's a cool God. Verse 11 says, let the land produce vegetation, God speaking, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kind. This was the third day, and it was so. Say it was so. Now we jump down to verse 20. Let the water teem with the living creatures. This is amazing. And let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. All of a sudden, birds started flying. Here came the birds, and the birds have been flying ever since. Verse 26, he said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the, in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. I am tired of people being afraid of sharks in this church and whales. Go out there and conquer them in the name of the Lord. The Bible gives you dominion right here. I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. He said, let us make man in our image. So he makes man, which meant that God is our source. We didn't come from ourselves. We didn't create ourselves. We're not some little fish that crawled up on a bank one day and grew some legs and stood up and said, I think I'll be a man. And just became a man. We didn't, we didn't come from monkeys. We didn't come from the ape mentality. We were created in the image of God. And in the image of God, he created us. Amen. I I, I do believe, though, that some of us have perhaps kinfolks and heritage family that probably swung from their necks. (laughs) 
But nobody in my family ever swing from their tail. I'm, I'm glad to report that today. Consider the source. I feel sorry for people that don't believe in God because they have no source to draw from. They don't have anybody to look to, anything to pull from. And we are limited resourcefully in this finite being that we are. Yet God has an unlimited resource because he is unlimited. He is infinite. I used to hear things like, don't forget where you came from, boy. Don't forget it. What they were saying to me was simply, don't get too big for your britches, son. As you get bigger, don't get bigger than the pants that you're wearing. Don't forget who helped you. Or as Alex Haley once said in a great book, He said, if you ever see a turtle on a fence post, he didn't get there by himself. Somebody had to help him. Somebody had to put him up there. Somebody had to balance him. Some people don't enjoy, though, talking about the past. And I've had preachers tell me, I never talk about yesterday. That dog won't hunt. You'll bore people. People won't come back to hear you preach if you keep talking about yesterday. People want to see where they're going, not where they have been. And I believe that, and I believe the grace of God does that. But David exonerated us in the book of Psalm. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Amen. Don't forget what he's done for you. Who saves us from our iniquities and who healeth all our diseases. Aren't you glad to know that God has saved you from your trespasses? And aren't you glad that he's healed you from all your diseases? Aren't you glad there's a God like that? Every now and then you need to look back so you can get a firm grip on what God has done because you know if he ever did it, he can do it again because God is not lacking in power and in might in his life. Three reasons I'm going to give you today. Three reasons why we need to consider the source. And I'm going to give you just kind of three points in a poem today. It's, just, it's Memorial Day, but I'm going to try to preach a little bit. But I want to share with you three things today that should make you consider the source. Number one, when you understand that God is your source, it'll put your situation in proper perspective. Amen. Everybody say, I have a God. You may have a need, Paul said, but I have a God. You may have situations in your life, but I have a God. You may have problems in your life, but I have a God. And what the, what, the, what the writer is saying here is, you won't be where you are in this situation forever. The situation that you're in is not permanent. Four of the greatest words ever written in the Bible. Four of the greatest words where it came to pass upon a day. Four words, it came to pass. Nothing that you ever meet in this life, folks, will ever come to stay. It'll only come to pass. Because everything that you have in you is eternal. Everything you face is temporal. And the temporal cannot stop the eternal when the eternal is given to us by the source called God Almighty. Can you clap your hands and rejoice in that? So we're still looking forward. We're still moving forward. When the children of Israel for 70 years were in Babylonian captivity, Isaiah wrote to them, and it's a powerful word, and I want, to, I want to read it to you today. It's on the screen. It's in the NIV. He said, listen to me, you people in Babylon, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and the quarry from which you were hewn. He said, you're not soft soap people. You're rock people. You were cut from the quarry. You have something inside of you that's greater than anything that's going to come against you. 
He said, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was only one man. Say one. And I blessed him and made him many. And then he said, the Lord will surely comfort Zion. He's going to comfort you and will look with compassion on all of her ruins. He will make her deserts just like Eden. He said, I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, God's going to make yourself, your, your situation just like Eden again. Her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. And then he said, joy and gladness will be found in her and thanksgiving and the sound of singing. It doesn't sound like to me that the situation, even though it lasted 70 years, is going to last forever. Some of you may be going through something right now that has lasted six months, maybe, maybe a year. Maybe you're battling a sickness that's been with you two or three years. But I'm here to tell you something. It's not going to last forever. What you've got to understand is you've got to consider the source. You're still plugged into the Almighty God. And when God is on your side, you've got the high sheriff of all the earth on your side. And I promise you, he not only makes the rules, he enforces them. And he said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But I'll go with you all the way, even to the end of the world. Amen. Somebody shout glory here today. Consider the source. You're a rock. You're hewn from a quarry. Abraham, when I called him, was only one man and I made him many. And I will bring joy and I will bring gladness and I will bring thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Back into your heart. So what God is saying through Isaiah is there's a blessing beyond where you are right now. And when you consider the source, you're not always going to be here. I want to stop and just kind of give a little tribute right now. Everybody say E, Plubius, Unum. You just talked Latin. It means out of many cultures, one nation. I love this church. You know why I love this church? Because out of many cultures, God has created a church. I love this church. Look around you. Come on, look around you. Don't you love the diversity of Christian life, church? But I want to tell you something. There's a lot of cultures. There's a lot of diversity in America. I thank God for America today on Memorial Day. I thank God for the men and the women that died to give me the freedom to speak and the freedom to express myself and the freedom to enjoy the presence of God. And nobody's going to come in and stop us from magnifying God. Anybody proud to be American here today? Stand up on your feet and clap your hands. Come on. Stand on your feet and clap your hands. That's right. Clap your hands. I'm proud to be an American. Where at least I know I'm free. Woo. That's a pretty good perspective, isn't it? But God is saying not out of many cultures, one nation. God is saying out of one man. Many. You know, God is an unlimited source. He told Abraham one day, he said, Abraham, you and Sarah are going to have a baby. So Abraham went and told Sarah, she started laughing. <laughs> Sound like one of them laugh boxes. God said, you're laughing. She said, oh, no, God, not at you. I'm laughing with you. I'm so excited. That's paraphrased. She said, yeah, Lord, I did laugh. He said, nothing is impossible Amen. with God. Amen. Can I tell you when you put that in your perspective that there is nothing impossible with a God that is your source that if he started all this, he is able to keep that, that he's committed 
into our hands against that day. Anybody want to get excited about that kind of God here today? Abraham, Abraham, when Lot walked out, he said, Abraham, come walk with me. He said, I want you to, I want you to look up. I want you to count those stars. Abraham said, Lord, I didn't major in math. He said, but I want you to count those stars. Get to counting. He said, one, two. He said, a little quicker than that. Can you count by tens? And Abraham started counting the stars. He said, Lord, I can't count them. He said, I want to tell you something, Abraham. As the stars are, so shall your seed be, the spiritual seed. He said, Abraham, the sand you're walking on, start counting the grains of sand. He said, oh, God, that's even worse than the stars. They're at least spaced a little bit. I can't count this. He said, as the sand is under your feet, so shall your physical seed be. What he was saying is, Abraham, you don't know really yet what you're hooked up to. You know, when Abraham married Sarah, she was barren. When they had Isaac after God healed her barrenness, Isaac married Rebekah and Rebekah was barren. When God healed her barrenness, amen, out came Jacob and Esau and Jacob's wife Rachel was barren. Can you believe that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob gave them three barren women? And yet God said, I'm your resource. It does not matter what situation you're in today. The perspective is a whole lot better when you come to church and you walk in here. It's the best reason I know to come to church because it gives you perspective that there is nothing in your life that God can't handle in your life. There's nothing you're going through that God can't bring you out of. There's nothing that's besetting you that God can't take away from you. He said if you have faith as of a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And if you doubt it not, it will happen in your life. Get a hold of that. Get a hold of that. When you understand the source, it helps your perspective on God. God is not intimidated by your problems. You're cut from a rock. He called Abraham out of nowhere. The same God can do something out of nothing in my life. He can do that. Start with the source, not the situation. I'm going to put it on the screen. I want you to rejoice with me. Tell your problem how big God is. Instead of telling God how big your problem is. Open your mouth. When you leave here today and say, problem, God's bigger. God, problems are littler than you. Start telling God how big he is instead of telling your problems how great they are. Clap your hands and say, I get a better perspective when I consider the source in my life. The second thing I want to tell you is that when you consider the source, it keeps your mind in perfect peace he said perfect peace are they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them some of us worry way too much is there any worry warts in this house God some of them are confessing it Lord right now I don't even want to look okay close your eyes everybody's worry wart raise your hand okay thank you put it down I didn't look either some people worry way too much sermon on the mount Matthew 5 6 and 7 in the same sermon that Jesus was talking about murder, talking about adultery, and talking about theft, he takes on worry. He takes on worry. A whole section in your Bible is on worry. It's a category which he deals with just like he deals with adultery or theft or murder. So what I want to say to you, if it was God in the beginning, and then Abraham, the father of faith, and then along comes Jesus, 
You see, God created, God had two sons. One was Adam in the garden. The other was Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the Father. And so there were two sons. One failed and the other fixed the failure. But when Jesus came, there had been men come that wrote laws and they wrote things and they created their own resources away from what God wanted them to have. In fact, it was just like when Saul was asked to be king. They said, we want a king. We don't want to serve God. They started reaching for resources instead of holding on to the source. So Jesus taught. He taught this thing about worry because he knew that people were plugged into the wrong thing. He knew that they were not plugged in to the source. They were plugged into resources. They were plugged into laws and to bylaws and to bye-bye laws, <laughs> good bylaws and laws. And he said, don't worry about your life because life is more than food and the body is more than just raiment. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Is life not more than food? He said, hey, guys, check out the birds. Check them out. Look at something besides yourself sometime. Check out the stars, Abraham. I'm better than a bird. Can any one of you, he said, by worrying, add one stature or one minute to your life? Here's a little ditty for you, okay? I want you to say it with me, okay? Say, work. work. Don't worry. Because don't worry. worry don't work. <laughs> Say, work. work. Don't worry. Because don't worry. Worry. worry don't work. I'm going to sing a little today. Randy, don't ever let me sing. And I'm getting very offended by it. And Cassidy won't give me a lead in the choir, and I'm very offended. She's my daughter. She won't even give me a lead. So I'm going to sing a little bit today. I'm going to give you a little country. Work, don't worry, because worry don't work. <laughs> this ain't a honky-tonk. Willie. Work, don't worry, because worry don't work. Work, don't worry, cause worry don't work. Work, don't worry, cause worry don't work. Got a little verse. Got a little verse for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell that to Randy and Cassidy. Now. Here's a little verse. Look to the birds. They'll teach you a lesson. If you trust me, I'll give you a blessing. <laughs> I can't write songs either. Then lift your eyes and look to the flower. Because I am the Lord and I have the power. Work, don't worry. It's time to quit worrying about life. Keep your mind in perfect peace when you understand and consider the source. Matthew 6, 28, he said, don't worry about clothes. See how the flowers of the field grow? He said, even Solomon in all of his splendor was not dressed like one of those little lilies. He, he will clothe you, 630 said, because he clothed the grass. Jesus was considered a simple teacher, and he was. This is called a priori argument, which meant that Jesus went from lesser to greater in this argument. He said simply, guys, hear me. I did it for the flowers. I did it for the birds. If I'll take care of lilies, if I'll take care of roses, if I'll take care of little sparrows that fly, don't you think that I'll take care of you? 
Don't you think that I'll take care of you? So Matthew 6, 31, 32 says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Here's what I want to share with you. Put it on the screen. Worry, Corey Ten Boom says, does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It only empties today of its strengths. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It only empties today of its strength. Quit worrying. I remember when I was just a, a young preacher. Lord, I was a worrywart. I was 25 years old when I took the first church. I didn't know how to spell pastor. Couldn't find a text with a search warrant. I had a Cruden's Concordance and I had a Thompson Chain Reference Bible and that's how I preached. Finally, an evangelist came to me and said, you need, you need uh, the biblical illustrator. So he bought me, had the church raise money, buy me a biblical illustrator set. And I read the biblical illustrator from front to back. And I started preaching Spurgeon and I started preaching Talmadge and all that stuff. And they do better on their sermons than I do on their sermons. But anyhow, I got worried because everybody that came to church, I wanted, I wanted to vicariously live their life. I wanted them to all do good. And so I got worried. So I started having chest pains real bad. And I'd, I'd pull a pillow to my chest and say, oh, I'm dying. I'm dying, I'm dying. Oh, God, I'm dying. And my wife got so sick and tired of hearing that. She said, you're not dying. You're 27 years old. You're not dying. She said, you need to transfer that worry to the Lord. Oh, how much do you know? You don't know what I'm under. She said, yeah, I'm, I'm married to you. She said, okay, go see the doctor. And I said, well, I'm going to see a doctor because I really need help. Because I'm hurting. I think I've got heart problems real bad. So I went to this old man, kind old man, spirit, spiritual old man, spirit-filled old man. I went to him, and he came after checking me. He said, man, you got a heart of a 16-year-old kid. That's always fun to know. Did that kid live or did he die, you know? I was that worried. And he said, you know what you need to do, preacher? I said, what? He said, you need to transfer that to the Lord. I said, I've already heard that. My wife told me the same thing. He said, she's smarter than you are. I said, how much it cost me? He said, $75, son, just $75. I said, well, I could have got that free. He said, well, listen to your wife. I'm telling you, it don't cost you anything. If you didn't give any offering, I'm going to still give it to you today, okay? I'm going to let you have this message right now. When worry comes on, say, I've got a source greater than you. My source is Almighty God, and I'm not going to worry. I believe if I seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all this other stuff is going to be given to me because God wants me to love Him and fall in love. Each day has enough trouble of its own, the Bible says. But I promise you, his eye is on the sparrow. Now, don't make me go, don't make, don't make me go Sister Act 2 on you and give a little Lauren Hill to you right now. <laughs> Clap your hands. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry. See, when you get disconnected from the source, you start using resource, and your resource runs out. This piano right over here. Let me see here. I bet I can fix that. Mm-hmm. Fixed it. Nothing works here. Anybody ever want to do that to a piano player in this church? All right, I'm going to plug it back in. And I'm going to come over here. And I'm going to talk a little bit. Count to about 30. Because some of you need to get in the presence of the Lord. And understand one more time where your source really is and understand that when you get reconnected to the source it may take a little while but you're going to have music in your life again 
and you're going to sing again. And you're going to clap your hands again. And you're going to rejoice again. And you're going to praise God again. Because that's how it happened. Let's see if it works now. Let's see if it works. Let's see if I've waited long enough. I lost my music, but I plugged back in. I got my music back. Here's what I want to tell you. It helps in your worry process. You don't have to worry. All you have to do is understand in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And there's something powerful about being in the presence of almighty God in your life. The Bible said one of the greatest stories in the New Testament. In fact, it probably is the greatest story ever told by Jesus. It's found in Luke chapter 15, and the Bible said he told it to the tax collectors and sinners. I love that Jesus never got away from talking to sinners. Some of us, when we get saved, we get in the church, we act like we don't even know who sinners are anymore. We get above them, and you with me? But Jesus talked to tax collectors, and he talked to sinners, and he said, I got a story to tell you. He said, there was a man that had two sons. starts in verse 11. He said he had two sons, and the youngest of them said, Dad, I want, I want my resource. I want what you have to give me. And the dad said, son, you know, it don't have to happen this way, but I'll, I'll give you your resource. And so the source, the father, gave the resource to the son. And the son took the resource and he went to a far country. And he spent the resource, but he was disconnected from the source. And he spent the resource, all that he had. And finally, when he ran out of money and he ran out of friends... He tried to get more resources, so he joined the citizens of the country, and he hired himself out to be a pig stall cleaner. And he realized after a little while that this resource wasn't what the source could put in his life. And there's a lot of people, I don't understand why, when trouble comes, when situations come, the first thing we want to do is disconnect from the church, disconnect from the source. You can't do that because all you'll have when you disconnect from the God factor is a resource. And I don't care how rich you are and how famous you are and how wonderful you are, resources do run out. Can somebody help me preach right now? Resources do run out. And when he joined himself and got in the hog pen, he realized that the husk, I mean, he was a Jewish boy. They didn't even eat pork in their family. And he's eating husk. He's eating what the hogs have left over. So he said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up out of here, and I'm going to go back to my father. And I'm going to say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Make me no longer one of your hired, make me no longer your son, but let me be one of your hired servants. I don't even deserve to be that. But as he was coming back, at empty of resources, the source on the back porch saw him coming, and the source was filled with compassion. Notice he wasn't empty. He was filled with compassion. It doesn't matter where you've been in your life. It doesn't matter what road you've traveled down. It doesn't matter what hog pen you slept in. I'm telling you, when you decide to get up out of that resource and head back to the source, that source is going to be watching on the back porch and he's going to be filled with compassion for you. Anybody got a witness to that? Anybody understand that? There's no sense in you starving out there in some pig pen when you can have the source of the father in your life. And so the father comes out and wraps him up and kisses him and 
puts his body on top of his body because there was a law in Deuteronomy said if a son rebelled, he would be stoned when he came back to civilization. And the father said, if you're going to stone him, you're going to stone me first because the father, the source, was filled with compassion. And then when the boy started opening his mouth, Dad, make me as one, he said, shut up. Hush it quick, he said, quick, quick. I want you to get the fatted calf and to kill it. And I want you to get a robe. And I want you to get a ring. And I want you to get shoes. Because my boy who was dead is now alive. The one that was lost is now found. You're saying, Pastor, he called him dead. Let me tell you something. When you run out of resources, that's about where you are in life. When you're dead to the presence and the power of God, you are dead in life. Hear me, the greatest place you could ever be is in the house of God. And the greatest thing you could ever have is peace in your mind because God don't want you to worry. He is your source today. He is your source. Back in Genesis, consider the source. When God made vegetation, he spoke to the ground. Say, he spoke to the ground. And the source, the ground, gave the resource. When he made birds, he spoke to the source, the sea. And the sea, the water, the source made the resource. But when he made man, watch this. He said, let us make man in our image. He did not speak to the ground. He did not speak to the sea. He did not speak to the water. He spoke to himself. So that means the ground is not our source. And the water is not our source. Even though we raise our vegetables and we drink the water, that's not our source. Our source is God Almighty. Somebody want to magnify him right now? That's our source. That's why I don't worry. That's why I'm not afraid. Hallelujah. You take a plant out of the ground, it will die. You take a fish out of the water, it will die. You take something out of, out of its natural habitat, it will die. You hear me right now. You listen to me. You take a child of God away from the source of God and they will die. Somebody say, Pastor, if I'm unplugged, plug me back in today. I want to be connected to deity. I want God in my life as never before on this Memorial Day weekend. Clap your hand right now. Hallelujah. Well, I'm trying. The third thing it'll do, it'll bring you back to your rightful place. When you consider the source. I've already quoted it. But in his presence is fullness. And at his right hand is pleasure. Have you had enough of personal perspective and stuff and things and material things. David said, I will not look to the hills from which come my help. That's a question mark there. I'm not going to look there. I'm going to look to the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. See, the older son's in the field. He came near and heard the music. They had Beyonce in the house playing. <laughs> and there's throwing down there doing the wobble and the and there's twerking a little bit and the funky chicken, whatever they're doing. They're just having a time. You know what I do? I do the Cosby. That's my dance. You don't like it? I'm sorry. That's how I dance. That's how I roll. And the brother said, what's this racket going on? What is this noise going on? Randy, help me. And the older brother refused to go in. He refused to go in. 
And then he said to us, he said, Dad, all these years I've been slaving for you. I've been working like a dog. Isn't that amazing? The first son was starving and the elder son was slaving. Both disconnected from the source. Both disconnected from the source of what gave them the peace and the tranquility and the life that they craved. One went to a far country, the other lived in the house. It is easy, so easy to get to working in church. You forget to what church is all about. This church is about healing is here. I want to give Kevin Riley a hand clap today for a beautiful, beautiful rendition of that today. Come on. And Kevin, Kevin would never, he'd never let it go to his head. He's gone. He's, he's in first service. But I want to give him a hand clap of praise because the man blessed my soul today. I don't want to disconnect. Mary and Joseph lost Jesus in the house. I don't want to disconnect from his deity. I don't want to disconnect from the source. Even though I'm here, I don't want church just to go through the motions of church. I want church to affect me. I don't want to grow up just in a church. I want to grow up in God in church. I want church to matter, but I want God to matter more. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? And when God matters most in my life, I'm going to show up and magnify God with the body of believers at church. Amen. But the older son said, I... I've slaved for you. Starving, slaving. In Luke 15, Jesus made the statement of all the story. He said, you're always with me. And all I have is yours. All I have is yours. Everybody say salvation. Salvation. All he has is ours. Everybody say healing. All he has is ours. Everybody say deliverance. All he has is ours. Everybody say helps. All he has is ours. There is a beautiful thing called membership. It does have its privileges. Back during the war, back during the war, man walked into the store. There was a famine in the land and there was a lot of things that were rationed. And a man walked in the store grocery store one day an old country store and he said sir do you have any ham my family's hungry I'll pay you a premium dollar for the ham and the store owner said no I don't have any for you buddy I'm fresh out a little while later while the man was still there somebody come and said hey Bill you got that ham for me he said yeah right under the counter here he pulled that ham out and gave it to that man he said wait a minute sir well, hold on just a minute you said you had no ham he said sir I didn't for you because I don't know you but I had ham from a regular customer because I know him. And I'm not saying that God's like that, not at all. But I'm telling you, when you're a part of a church of the living God, you can walk in here and everything he has is yours. It's yours. It's yours. Everything he has is yours. Why don't we bask in that today? Why don't we love that today? Why don't we enjoy that today? last day I saw my little boy I closed last day I saw my little boy I was paying bills it was the 13th of the month and I was paying bills and it was a it was a good day I was getting my 15th of the month bills in and I was going to go by the post office and mail them and 
he came by and he had a ball in his hand, a football. He loved football. He had a Nerf ball. He said, Daddy, I want to go play catch. Let's go outside and play ball. I said, Son, I can't go play ball today. I'm trying to pay bills to keep the wolf away from the door. Four years old. Can you imagine what he did next? He went to the door. He looked out the door and he came back and said, Daddy, I've checked. There's no wolf out there. Come on, let's go play ball. That desk is still in our family. Little roll top desk is still in our family. It's an heirloom. Kind of wish I had it here today. Because something hit me that day. Something hit this father that day. And I made a statement to my three girls later on in life. Because every time... I don't, know, I don't know how they got this. I don't know how my girls got this. But every time we'd take them to eat, they'd say, Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Daddy, have I, have I thanked you? Have I thanked you, Daddy? Thank you, Daddy. Thank you so much, Daddy. And I say, Enough. Thank, that's enough. That's enough. Go thy way and sin no more. That's enough. Daddy, I just want to say thanks. But when they got bigger, I made this statement to them because it came from that day. March 13, 1981. It came from that day. I made this statement. I said, girls, as long as I have enough, as long as I have enough in my life, you girls will never go hungry. You'll have enough. Because I'm the father. Now, they're all married now to three wonderful guys. I hope they don't go bankrupt. All of them come live at my house. God, have mercy. God, save me right now. Let me just go in the rapture. Maybe I can go back to that same doctor and say, how do you transfer this? it's not going to happen but I woke up this morning and I that's the last thing in my notes I promise as long as I have enough you'll have enough but I woke up this morning and God woke me up and said son Go preach my word today and tell them I am God and I have enough. And my people will never go wanting. Consider the source today. Consider the source today and understand that God is enough. He's enough. He's enough. He's enough to change my perspective. He's enough to stop my worry. He's enough to understand how to get in the right place with Him. He is enough. Come on, clap your hands all over the house and rejoice. Your family may be running wild, but God is enough. Your bills may be overflowing, but God is enough. Work, don't worry, because worry don't work. Understand that God is with you. God is for you. Thank you for listening to the Christian Life Austin podcast. For more information, please visit clcaustin.com.